Hey, welcome. It is uh, 1107. Glad to have you with us. Uh, who's the biggest mouth on the uh, Supreme Court? Well, there's one winner. We'll tell you who that is. Uh, also, uh, people are dying in their sleep. This has to do with the, uh, the uh, vaccine, as they're uh, laughingly calling it. Uh, so we will get to all of that. Uh, it is, uh, let's see, it is Patrick who is uh, up next, I think. Well, maybe he's out of order, but we'll get him anyway. We got it. Patrick, welcome. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the uh, taxation of the rich thing. Uh, Prayer U did a piece a number of years ago about even if you taxed the rich uh exorbitantly and you took even all of their money it still only accounted for approximately one day of government spending and then if the two percent over the whole world you could somehow pull all of their money and pool it together to pay for our debt here in the united states it still wouldn't even cover a week's worth of spending that our government currently spends bill whittle did a piece uh, several years ago and, uh, I mean, he really, really pillaged the wealth of, uh, of Americans to see if he could cover the spending uh, for one year. And when you got through, in order to accomplish that feat, there wasn't enough money to invest in anything. I mean, money was, it was impossible. Uh, maybe we could dig that up and play it. Uh, I'll see if Brian can find it. I think you're going to find it really fascinating. Patrick, thank you for the call. Thank you. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's a, it's a, it, the numbers don't jive with today because it was done several years ago, but the logic still applies. The math still works. Uh, this is Bill Whittle on taxing the rich. Witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational Iowa Hawk. We've got a year to pay for. Let's start at. 12.01 a.m. January 1st. Look, the only thing more evil than a rich person in the eyes of leftists is a rich corporation. Let's take the two most evil of them all, ExxonMobil and Walmart. Forget high taxes. Let's just take every penny of their combined 2010 global profits. That's $34 billion. Spending all of their money gets us from midnight on January 1st until 9.52 a.m. on January 4th. Okay, not as impressive as we hoped, so... Now, let's take every single penny of profit, every penny, from the other 498 fat cat companies on the Fortune 500, all of it. That's $357 billion. That gets us to 2 a.m. on February 9th. Okay, look, we've taken every dime of profit from the big companies, and it's only Super Bowl time, so why don't we grab the obscene corporate advertising? That's $250 million which will run the country for 36 minutes, but why stop there? Let's take all of the ad money on all 45 Super Bowls. That's $5 billion. That gets us to 2 p.m. on the same day, February 9th. Look, it's obvious that we can't do this just on the backs of corporations. So if we're going to soak the rich, let's start with the obscene sports salaries. Let's take all of the salaries from the NFL, the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, not their endorsement deals, just their salaries. Throw in all of the winnings on the PGA Tour and the money spent with those redneck, knuckle-dragging NASCAR fans as well. That's $9.4 billion, which gets us to well, 1 p.m. on the next day, February 10th. Okay, look, forget athletes. I mean, take all their money, but it's obviously not enough. Let's get to the rich. Let's take 100% of every penny that anyone makes above $250,000. I can hardly wait. 
let's see, uh, the number of U.S. households is uh, 116 million. The percentage of households above 250K in income, I think that's 1.93%. So the number of households above 250K of income is 2,238,800 households. The total income of those households in excess of $250,000 is $1.412 trillion. Now we're talking. Let's eat the rich. Let's take everything everyone makes in America above $250,000, which gets us from February 10th all the way to, oh, damn it, 6 p.m. on July 2nd. Well, look, obviously, we're going to have to cut some spending. I know. Why don't we just stop paying for the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan? That's where the money for health care goes after all, right? Into wars for oil? Not another dime for them. Let's just bring them all home right now. That would save us $105 billion in Afghanistan and $159 billion in Iraq for a total of $264 billion. That's enough savings to cover us until 4 p.m. on July 29th. Hey, that's blockbuster season. We need the money, so screw you, Star Wars. We're going to take every penny in movies, toys, lunchboxes, etc., the whole shebang, $25 billion. That'll knock us all the way down to 4 p.m. on August 1st. Look, God knows that Hollywood has been good to the left, but they're no longer useful idiots. They're just idiots now. So let's evict everyone in Beverly Hills and sell their homes at current market value. 15,000 homes at 2 million per gets us another 30 billion, paying the bills through 4 p.m. on August 4th. Now this isn't working. Michael Moore assured us that there's plenty of money out there and that it's all tied up in the rich. So guess what? Liberal billionaires, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, Tough luck for you. 100 billion between you. They accidentally fall down the stairs at a public sector union rally, let's say. And through the inheritance tax, we keep 50% of their loot. That's another $50 billion. That gets us all the way to 4 p.m. on August 9th. All right, look, let's get serious here. There are 398 more billionaires in America, according to the latest Forbes 400, with a combined total net worth of $1.29 trillion. A few hundred more accidents, let's say, a 50% death tax, kill them all, and take their estate tax. That's another $650 billion. That ain't hay. That gets us to 4 p.m. on October 13th. Still not there. All right, look, let's forget this namby-pamby 50% nonsense. Kill all the billionaires and take all of their money, all of it. Take everything. And take everything from the next hundred or so of the almost billionaires, too. That gets us another 73 days until, hey, 4 p.m. on December 25th. Christmas, everybody. Almost there. See how easy this is? Now, remember, this money is for America's poor. So in the spirit of Christmas, let's get rid of all that foreign aid. That saves us $50 billion, getting us to 4 p.m. on December 30th. So near and yet so far. We've still got a day and change to pay for. To cover the remaining $12.5 billion, we're unfortunately going to have to hit every single man, woman, and child in America for $40 each to pay for that final 32 hours, which gets us to 12 a.m. January 1st, 2012. Happy New Year, everybody. Wow. That's all it takes. Of course, there's no money left for anybody to invest. But, yeah, we've paid for that spending. We, of course, ignored uh, that admonition, that warning. Uh, and we are now $31-plus trillion in the hole and climbing. And, uh, and we get stupid questions from interviewers of people running for the Senate like, what are you going to do to save Social Security? How are you going to save Medicare? I can't. It's not salvageable. I would love to get some of these progressives on. I would embarrass.
embarrass them. Save Social Security. It's not savable. Not without seriously increasing an already overburdened debt. But that's all right. Just keep kicking the can down the road. We'll just keep printing money. It's, it's fine. We, we don't have a problem with that. Who's the biggest mouth on the Supreme Court? We will tell you, and by a long shot. And people are dying in their sleep. We'll tell you what's going on there, too. On the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1119. Glad to have you with us. And uh, according to Olivia Murray, actually not according to her, she just is reporting this uh, over at American Thinker. Katanji, Katanji Brown Jackson is without a doubt, she writes, the biggest detriment to the female sex since Eve in the Garden of Eden. She is remarkably unintelligent and she won't stop talking. Now, fortunately for her sake, her pigment and political views lend her plenty of latitude. Establishment media even ran cover for her saying none of the other justices have begun their careers as impressively as Jackson. So how did her new career begin and how is it progressing? Well, as we all remember, she couldn't even answer the most basic of questions, what is a woman? Her dim-witted display was perhaps the most preposterous and remembered moment in, the recent, in recent political history. She's still just as much an intellectual liability for the leftist cause. Dr. Adam Feldman, an accomplished uh, academician, uh, 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 and the creator of the blog Empirical Supreme Court, uh, Empirical SCOTUS, analyzed uh, certain data points and created a bar graph to show how often each sitting justice spoke during their first eight arguments on the court. Feldman found that Jackson's word count reached a total of 11,003 words. To put that into context, Clarence Thomas spoke the least with less than 100 words. The Washington Post uh, wrote gratuitously, over eight oral arguments, she, Jackson, dominated the question and commentary, speaking twice as much as her next most loquacious colleague. It's likely a record for a new justice. She is the epitome of women never shut up stereotype, just yammering away like an idiot with nothing of substance to say. Another mindless leftist that talks just to talk, loving the sound of their own voice to the pain of those listening. Astutely pointed out by a colleague's spouse, she is the politician on the court because she is simply arguing to the public principles and ruling that the court currently constituted will not accept. The same court that saw the appointment of men like Oliver Ellsworth and Antonin Scalia now sees a token affirmative action recipient who is so wrapped up in her leftist ideology she can't or won't say what a woman is. And she's becoming even less impressive. How's that even possible as time marches on? Yeah, uh, when you see the comparison, uh, she is quite the motor mouth. Uh, pickup truck, Ford F-150. Uh, the story is at uh, Breitbart. The Ford F-150 Lightning electric pickup truck's kryptonite is a road trip. 
According to the Detroit News review of the vehicle, auto critic Henry Payne explains the electric truck got him 170 miles of range on a trip up Interstate 75 in Michigan, while its gasoline-powered counterpart gets drivers 600 miles and 22 miles per gallon. I've got the turbo six-cylinder. I'm getting 600 miles and 22 miles per gallon. I don't think I'll ever get one of those electrics. An owner of a gas-powered F-150 told the Detroit News Auto Critic, while he was at his third fast charger of the day during a road trip in 2022 in a Ford F-150 Lightning EV tester. Payne, who was on his way to Charlotte, uh, Charlevoix, Charlevoix, Michigan, had informed the owner of the gasoline-powered vehicle that the electric truck was only getting him about 170 miles of range on this trip up I-75. He explained that he had charged the vehicle overnight to 100%, giving it a 320-mile range, then ran a few errands the following morning and started his road trip with 281 miles on hand. But by the time he got to Saginaw, the lightning was getting just 60% of the estimated range, and it was becoming clear to the trip computer that we were not going to make it to Gaylord, Michigan. Adding uh, the 281-mile range looked more like 168. The system then rerouted him to a charging station, but when he arrived, the only two chargers there were already occupied, so he drove to another facility that he knew had four charging stations, and when he got there, unfortunately, two were occupied, and the other two were being worked on by technicians. Then one of the electric vehicle owners said that his charger wasn't working, and he went to wait behind the individual who was charging at the sole remaining charging station. So he headed back to the original charging station where he planned on waiting for a charger to become available. He arrived six hours, 40 minutes for what normally would be a, a stop-free four-hour trip with a gas-fired pickup. He concluded the Odyssey uh, led Payne to label the road trip as the electric truck's uh, kryptonite. He's not the only electric vehicle driver to disclose how long road trips take in an EV or how much range is lost during the trip. Last week, an EV owner who takes trips between Cheyenne and Casper, Wyoming, revealed his first trip of 178 miles took a staggering 15 hours to complete in his electric Nissan Leaf. Last month, a YouTuber with 1.4 million followers attempted to tow a 1930 Ford Model A truck with his brand new 2023 F-150 Lightning electric pickup truck, but it ended in a complete and total disaster. The electric truck, towing 3,500 pounds, can't even go 100 miles. Yeah, thank you, Democrats. I just love the idea of a battery-powered car. Uh, can you bring me a, a battery, uh, 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 you know, can you bring me an electric charge? Uh, I'm on the road and my battery died. I would, no. but my battery's dead. You what? I would, but my battery's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what you need, you need to do is you need to carry uh, an, a, a gasoline or diesel-powered electric generator. <laughs> then you can plug now. it in. Yeah. Huh? They're doing that now. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way to get around. You, you do what you have to. Um, we've got a, a story here. This is um, 
it, Dr. Peter McCullough, is he the guy that the, who just lost his uh, medical license? I am not sure. I'm not sure if he's the guy or not. I just read about him uh, that he had lost his uh, because he was not in the. Uh, gee, this is uh, the, the clot shots a great idea of uh, place. He's a cardiologist, and uh, I'm, I'm looking right now to see if it's him. Yeah, yeah, he lost his medical credentials. He's been canceled. Dr. Peter McCullough is being progressively stripped of his medical credentials. One of the most respected doctors in the world has been a beacon of light throughout the pandemic. His reward for speaking the truth, he's being stripped of his credentials. He's written 677 articles published in the scientific peer-reviewed journals. One of the most respected cardiologists in the world. Been right about everything throughout his, the pandemic. Has an encyclopedic memory of every paper he's ever read. Um, he writes that he was terminated as the editor-in-chief of uh, cardiorenal medicine and uh, review in... Uh, cardiovascular medicine after years of service. Yesterday, he says, I was stripped of my board certification in internal medicine and cardiology after decades of perfect clinical performance. Why would they want to silence a guy like that? You would think a guy like that would be somebody you'd want to hear from. Well, uh, we got some, uh, some news about the clot shot, and we'll share that with you probably in just a couple of minutes. But let me get uh, Mike on. Oh, no, I guess we won't get Mike on the line. He was going to talk about battery-powered cars. I was curious to see what he had to say. Uh, at a conference for medical professionals in Sedona, Arizona, this past week, several speakers, all physicians, commented on a disturbing trend, an increase in otherwise healthy people dying in their sleep. Sudden, unexplained, age-inappropriate deaths seem to be happening more than usual, both in the United States, where these medical doctors practice, and in several other countries in the uh, industrialized world. Excess death, a phenomenon all over the world at the moment, said Dr. John Campbell, a nurse uh, educator who has been meticulously following and commenting on the scientific data for his YouTube channel, which has 2.47 million uh, subscribers. The data show the deaths are 16% higher than we would expect. Um, vast majority are not COVID deaths. Statistics tell part of the story. Unusual deaths making headlines tell another part. For example, South Africa... Uh, actress Francine uh, Swimmingpool was found dead in her bed on Sunday morning, October 16th, in the middle of filming her new project. She's over 50 years old, her cause of death not yet known, according to the news. Earlier this month, a young dad, Jack Grossier, was also found dead in his home. He was in fine health, just woke up dead. And that's the clue, according to this article. Tell you what it is next on the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 11:35. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 
Oh, look at that, Brian. I managed to get my uh, e-cig filled up during the commercial break. Very good. Uh, I got all my e-juice, and I'm good to go. Where'd you get that from? None of your business. No, I'd like to know. Well, no, you don't have to know. No, I do need to know because I'm getting ready to fill my e-juice. Oh. And I uh, can't remember uh, the name of There's a place, place. Uh, down the street from us here uh, on Nifong. Oh, I don't go to that one. Oh, you don't? Yeah, I go to their other location on the business loop. What is the name of that place, man? I, I don't remember. I just uh, I just stop by and pick up the juice that I need. Yeah. Then I move along. Yeah. Nobody nobody remembers the name, so. I know. Well, it seems like it had something to do with the city of Columbia. or Oh, I, Como Vapor. That's it. Yeah. I just I, remember. You know, just I, came I, to me. I purposely didn't uh, mention the name of uh, the place where I get my e-juice. Uh, yeah. Because I didn't want it to look like I was promoting anybody. You doing the Carney today? But you, uh, the Carney Four, is that what you're doing? No, 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 no. no you're no, doing uh, some fruit flavored thing, aren't uh, you? Maple butter. <laughs> maple butter. You know that's for kids. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I'm just a big kid. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're doing this uh, this uh, story about uh, people dying in their sleep, and actually they're dying when they wake up. Uh. Catecholamines uh, apparently are the problem. When you wake up, your body secretes this. And uh, if you've got um, this heart malady that, that apparently appears when you've had the shot, the, uh, the China flu shot, you can literally, it can kill you. Uh, there, uh, though it uh, may seem... Counterintuitive, Dr. McCullough said that sudden deaths that happen during sleep are biochemically similar to the sudden deaths during or just after vigorous exercise. The reason people are seemingly inexplicably in their dying in their sleep, he explained, is sometimes because of a surge of uh, catecholamines uh, during the end of the sleep cycle. This natural biochemical change in the body. Uh, it's a signal to wake up. The reason people die seemingly uh, in their sleep is this chemical comes out uh, just as they're waking up. Uh, the hormones that are uh, made from the adrenal glands, they are released into the body in response to physical exertion or emotional stress. But they're also released during sleep just before waking as a signal to the body and the brain that it's time to get up. Uh, they can increase our heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing rate, among other things. In the body, uh, there are three uh, catecholamines. Uh, and a surge, whether it happens during sleep or during exercise, can stress the heart and cause it to beat. Uh, you get arrhythmia, he said. If a young person's heart has been damaged by an infection, vaccination, or for any other reason, the surge in this hormone can be lethal. It's the reason, he said, that people seem to die in their sleep. They're really dying just before dawn. After a careful review of peer-reviewed scientific literature, to which he has also contributed several studies as lead or co-author, Dr. McCullough said that sudden and unexplained deaths that we are seeing in young people 
are most likely from undiagnosed, uh, undiagnosed asymptomatic vaccine-induced myocarditis. So apparently, uh, and, and I, I'm, you know, if you know that they have been vaccinated, they're otherwise healthy and reasonable, at least in reasonable health, don't have comorbidities, and they die in their sleep. This is a likely cause, he says. During that surge, whether the result of rigorous exercise or part of a normal wake-up process, this undetected vaccine-induced myocarditis can be fatal. So, if, you know, and I've, I've been an advocate. Uh, for me, it seemed like the thing to do, to get the shot. Uh, it was based on my age and information that I had access to. It was the thing to do. But I got to make that choice. Right now, there is another scare. I don't know if you've read about this or not, but now they're saying this latest version of the China flu is more deadly than the last one. Go out and get number four, the vaccine. Uh, the vaccine. I've had it. I'm not, uh, when I say I've had it, I don't mean I've had vaccine number four. I mean, I'm not getting it. I'm going to take my chances. Uh, it may or may not kill me. I don't know. But it's a choice I get to make. And I've decided not to take it. I just have too many questions about its efficacy. And I just think it's not worth the risk. I hope that I'm right, and I think that I will be, uh, ultimately, but you never can tell. All right, uh, but I just give you that information uh, so that you can make your own decision. You're going to hear plenty of people on the other side say it's perfectly safe. And I will tell you one more thing. VERS, the uh, vaccine website where you report problems, don't use that as your barometer. It is not an accurate barometer on the efficacy or safety of the vaccine. Because there is no causation uh, attached to it. It's mere correlation. So somebody gets up and stubbed their toe uh, because they had the shot, they'll say it was, it was related. That is not the barometer. you got to look a lot deeper to figure out whether or not this is worth taking. For me, it's just not. All right, let me move on because alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. They are, Reason Magazine writes, the enforcer of gun laws. Well, how are they doing with firearms? Well, apparently thousands of firearms, firearms parts, have been lost by ATF. With inflation... Prices are up pretty much across the board, but if you're looking for a new gun for recreation or self-defense, here's a hint. BATF is offering them at an absolute steal. Seriously, the federal agency tasked with enforcing firearms regulations has such poor security that literally thousands of guns and gun parts once in possession have disappeared in the hands of thieves. And it has yet... To fully implement recommended reforms. Since September 2015, the ATF utilized the National Disposal Branch, formerly the National Firearms and Ammunition Destruction Branch, 
to centralize and streamline the disposal process of forfeited and ATF-owned firearms. Each year, they destroy thousands of firearms. The U.S. Department of Justice uh, Inspector General noted in announcing a recent report that this, this is what they, thousands of these uh, guns got destroyed. The Office of Inspector General undertook the, an audit following the discovery that thousands of firearms, parts, and ammunition had been stolen from them. So, for three years, the agency that enforces every petty and intrusive federal regulation regarding guns, as well as alcohol, tobacco, and explosives, let its own security personnel, a DHS contract security guard was convicted in connection with some of these thefts, pilfer its inventory. Strictly, strictly speaking, the report isn't about thefts themselves, which were discovered by accident during a traffic stop. The report delved into the ATF's progress in implementing anything resembling the security procedures it requires of gun dealers that it oversees. Or maybe just something more challenging than leaving intact weapons in unsecured boxes and unlocked containers. Wow. Feel safe knowing they're out there watching over us. Bad guys, I remind you, don't buy guns. For the most part, bad guys may buy stolen guns or they may steal guns, but they're not at gun dealers filling out a Nix check. They're getting guns that the folks over at ATF turned loose on the streets. Up against the clock, back to wrap it up. On the Carrie Nolan Show, it's the Zimmer Radio Network. Before I go into uh, where I was actually headed, I just want to point out that I am working with a cynic. It's, it's not easy to work with a guy like Brian because he is so cynical of everything. For now, instance, why would you say that? Well, this story that you were laughing at, apparently in uh, Lawrence County in Pennsylvania, which apparently is a pretty red district, Bunch of racists, you mean? Well, well, no. And bigots and that kind of they're, they're caliber just cons- of people. They're conservatives. And there was apparently one Fetterman fan living in that district. Ah, and, there's a, and he had a great big sign uh, out there by the street. The middle of the field or something? Yeah. And, and it caught fire. Oh, how'd that some, happen? Some conservative apparently lit it on fire. I see. And uh, coincidentally... Uh, somebody driving by, a, a, a Fetterman fan, that would be the second Fetterman fan in, in uh, this county. They caught the fire as the sign was burning? Well, just in time oh, so that man. you could see the Fetterman name on the sign. Right. Kind so of like you, it's halfway burned. And yeah. And they stopped and they got a picture of it. They just caught. happened to be wow. driving by. That's amazing. Well, yeah, but you were acting rather cynically about this. No, I actually gave it more thought, and it and, makes and perfect sense now. Yeah. Just, it was coincidence. Yeah, it's it just a coincidence. I like, was kind of uh, surprised that they were able to get a Fetterman so quickly and have him retweeted out. It uh, just was kind of surprising. Well, yeah. It's, I'm sure it's, it's just a coincidence, though. Well, you remember when CNN happened to show up when uh, the FBI was raiding yes. well, various and sundry people, conservatives. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just coincidence. Yeah. That sort of thing happens all the time. Takes me a while to learn. I'm a little slow. Yeah, a little slow on the uptake here. Uh, but your cynicism is, you know, is, is uh, disappointing. 
Uh, Fetterman then uh, got that picture, which just happened to be taken just before his name actually burned. Uh, you know, if they had driven by <laughs> just a second later, a couple seconds later, gone. you would yeah, there, there would have been no sign uh, right. to take a picture of. But they got it just in time, and then they they sent it to Fetterman. They 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 were able to get it to him. Good, good, good. And he tweeted out, "This happened last night on a farm deep red Lawrence County." There is no place for violence and intimidation in politics. Our campaign is about bringing people together and rejecting hate and extremism. All Pennsylvanians should feel safe to show their support. It is amazing, but it's just a coincidence, Brian. I'm sure it is, yeah. I cannot believe that Dr. Oz did that. I'm pretty sure that he was the culprit that well, saw that sign. In see, you jumped in Lawrence County, County and, you know, went out there with a lighter and set it ablaze. You're jumping to conclusions. Should, no, I'm... Could have been one of his minions. It could have been, I suppose, but... Uh, but we all know what a cretin that uh, Dr. Oz is. Right. So. Yeah, he did it. Yeah. Probably with a flamethrower. Yeah. It was probably more like a lighter. But, yeah, the uh, picture taken <laughs> at just the opportune moment, you know, where half yeah. this... I mean, that was quick. Yeah. This Fetterman is better than I think he is. I mean, his people are right on every yeah. sign that uh, is up for him. So, that's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, while we're talking about people who have um, some, uh, well, mental problems, shall we uh, discuss <laughs> Biden? Oh, no. He's fine. Well, yeah. Well, how many states has he been to? I'm not sure. Let's listen. And by the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in, in 2018 when uh -huh. they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. See, he's not, as good, he's not as good as Obama because Obama really, really put his foot, uh, put it, put his foot down because he hit more states than, uh, than Biden. We've traveled uh, to every corner of the United States. Uh, I've now been in 57 states. I think one left to go. See what a piker uh, Biden is? Yeah. If he weren't so old, he could have made all 57 states, too. That's true, yeah. But at his age, he could only make it to 54. Um, and then, well, that gives you an idea just just how terrible Donald Trump was. He, he only made it to 50. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not even sure he got to all 50. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Um, people are strange. All right, uh, 874-9390, toll-free, numbers 800-529-5572. Let's take a quick glance at the stock market. Oops, gone the wrong way again. Uh, you know, it's the vacillations in the marketplace really do scare the snot out of me. Because you'll have uh, several days where the market is down and down considerably. Uh, and then uh, people will look at that as an opportunity, and they'll jump in, and they'll start buying things up. Uh, and then a couple of days later, everything goes away. It, it's, it's, I think, a sign of their insecurity about the outcome of uh, this uh, war on inflation. Right now, the Dow's down 156. S&P is down 31. Uh, NASDAQ's down 150. Um, it's, not a, it's not a pretty picture. Uh, the 10-year uh, Treasury, yeah, that's up. That's... That is all not good news. 
But we'll we'll see what happens here. Uh, but I, I really do think we are definitely headed for a recession. Uh, that speaking of this, uh, the Wall Street Journal has a piece in energy education for Democrats. Biden's climate policies have raised prices, and he's mad as hell about it. Uh, if Democrats lose next week's election, and I believe they will, one reason will be soaring energy prices. The lesson that an electoral defeat should drive home is that this is the result of their own policies. Biden's outrage Friday over last week's robust earnings report for oil and gas companies. Six of the largest made $70 billion in profit in one quarter, he said. Uh, this excess profits are going, to back their share, going back to their shareholders and their executives instead of going to lower prices at the pump. The president, who has done everything in his power to limit U.S. oil investment, is now furious that he's succeeded. Mr. Biden doesn't seem to believe oil companies should be allowed to make a profit or even cover marginal costs. Quote, we need to keep making progress by having energy companies bring down the cost of a gallon of gas to reflect what they pay for a barrel of it, he said. Anything more is excess profit, like the government or he would be the arbiter of excess profit. Keep in mind that oil, uh, oil majors' uh, current profit follows steep losses from the pandemic. As oil prices plunged amid lockdowns, companies in OPEC nations paired investment and shut in wells. Uh, demand for oil then bounced back much quicker than supply, which we could keep up with, except for Biden. And it's driven up profits. That's Economics 101. He's miffed in particular that companies are returning cash to shareholders rather than increasing supply. Well, th that's what they do. That's what companies do. They try to turn a profit. And you're sending a message, a telegram, uh, to everybody in the world that you don't want to see anybody drill for oil. No more carbon fuels. Why would you invest in more drilling or more refining when the federal government is telling you we're going to drive you out of business. God, what a economic moron. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day, Carpe Diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.